Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Expectations of Obedience. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And it is Tuesday, July 5th in the year 2022, after a good weekend of celebrating our nation's birth, which is always the best. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. I'll tell you, it's a, it's a good time. And in spite of all the craziness that's going on, and there's a lot of it, the fact is that we're on the offensive. And that's the best part, because those in the deep state are starting to unwind. And we're going to get into all that in just a few minutes. Now, before we begin, make sure that you're getting all the good products you need for your home, your bath, your bedroom, and getting it from a company it is truly a Patriot-driven company. And who is that? That's MyPillow.com. And, of course, you can get your best pillows, best sheets, best everything at MyPillow.com. All sorts of great sales. Use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. So you head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS. All the featured sales are there. And then you use your promo code BARDS. And, of course, they've got MyPillows on sale right now for as low as nineteen eighty eight. They've got the new all-terrain super-duper slipper for $49.98, which is $90 off. But I want to draw your attention down to one item that I've been talking about for the last few days. If you scroll down on the MyPillow.com page forward slash Bards, you'll see down a little ways something called the Omen Collection. And what is the Omen Collection? Well, the Omen Collection is a high-definition lithographic reprint of Theodore Omen's original masterpiece in which he printed he did the lithographs of the original constitution so these are a full set you get one full size declaration of independence one full size u.s constitution and then one small size of each and they're fantastic they're a beautiful addition to the home and every home as much as we need a bible in every home we need a constitution and a declaration of independence in every home and there's no better copy and version than this right here so head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards as you buy all the pillows and all the mattresses and all the slippers and all the sheets that you're going to need because we got to stock up on those too because you never know. Then you scroll on down and make sure and get yourself a copy of the Omen Declaration of Independence and U.S. Constitutional Set regular $99.90 for is now down to $69.93 with your promo code, which is bards. And of course, you can use that promo code on my the my store site and the frank speech site so check it out mypillow.com forward slash bards promo code bards and then if you want to speak to a real live person just dial 800-975-2939 800-975-2939 and what will you find a patriot pillow counselor there on standby ready to take care of you and get all the things you need for your home bath bedroom sleep whatever else all right patriots okay so We've got a lot of, this is a crazy day. As you know, CERN was started. I, I played this earlier. I just want you to hear the sound of 
what all this was like and what happened when they did CERN. So take a listen to this. There you go. So CERN got started, and then after they did CERN and they cracked up and they cracked open another portal to another universe. Oh, this is what we got. Yeah, this is scientist, by the way. The minute they cracked that sucker open, they went to another universe. I hate to tell them, they suck. Oh, that was horrible. Anyway, CERN is lit off today. For all of you that just had to suffer through that, if you didn't know, you know now for sure. But Patriots, I want to go through some events here for you to kind of give you a framing of where our world currently sits. So listen to some of this. So here we have the new Vax that was developed for toddlers. And on the cusp of releasing the Vax, they have suddenly released the new blood thinning agents for toddlers. I'm sure there's no association, just a coincidence. Of course, at the same time, gas prices are soaring right now in the world and in the nation. And so instead of trying to open up more places to drill, the Biden administration is now shutting down more leases to drill and now blaming gas station owners over fuel price increases. At the same time, the mainstream media has stopped talking about Ukraine, COVID, and inflation. Antifa just went on a rampage in Portland, and now the Black Lives Matter are demanding that something be done to rein in Antifa. The Dutch farmers are shutting down the country, and they just rooted out a bunch of undercover FBI-looking Dutch operatives from the police department that were trying to infiltrate and cause problems like January 6th. So as the Dutch shut down the country, and they've shut it down everywhere, including delivering mass amounts of manure and other fertilizer products to the doorsteps of the government, not preventing, not allowing any food to be delivered, and food shelves are starting to go bare, the police have decided to take out their pistols and start shooting at farmers in their tractors. We've now learned that the July 4th shooter is a transvestite. The UK government has now had eight resignations under Boris Johnson's criminal cabal government. The dollar's collapsing, but the media is saying nothing. Stocks are now projected to hit 3,000 in two months. That's a bit of a fall from about the 30,000 level they were at. Russia continues to uncover bio labs. The U.S. ambassador to China is disgruntled over the fact that China is agreeing with Russia that the U.S. had bioweapons labs in Ukraine. In the meantime, the Canadians have sent over their special forces to Ukraine to fight Russia, and we've deployed 300,000 troops into the NATO theater to apparently prepare to fight Russia as well. Biden administration is at the same time removing the tariffs on China, and the January 6th committee has another surprise witness, while Liz Cheney has told us she's going to run for president. Now, I just have some simple questions, because there's some people that are missing right now. Where's Comey? Where's Brennan? 
Where's Clapper? Where's Pisaki? Where's Bernie Sanders? Where's Hillary? Where's Cher? Where's Robert De Niro? Where's Amy Schumer? Where's Chuck Schumer? Where's Meryl Streep? But food shortages on the global level are accelerating. Russia tells Israel today to stop airstrikes in Syria. NATO wants war with Russia. Diesel fuel is running low on all Western countries. The diesel additive DEF is just about to run out in all Western countries, including the United States. And yet no one's to blame. And it's all the fault of the pandemic. In the meantime, Bards FM, this channel, now has six times more weekly listeners than CNN. And the government is losing its mind. We're in panic mode with the elites. Now, what do the elites do when they get in panic mode? Well, we're going to need apparently another pandemic. Rumor is there's going to be a new pandemic hit in UK on the July 15th that will then spread the lockdowns across the entire Western world. Expect more false flags. Expect more calls for ban on guns. And what else do they always like to do when things like this happens? They want to create a war. But what happens when no one's listening? And here we are. You see, we're winning. We're winning in a big, big way. And in spite of the military kicking out 120,000 outstanding, incredible veterans and the National Guard trying to expel 30,000 or 40,000, which on both ends constitutes 10% of our fighting force, which now makes our own military inoperable, we're still winning. As Mahatma Gandhi would say, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. Tonight, what I want to dig into is a perspective. Because the world is unraveling. There's a mixed emotions about how people feel about it. Some people that are out here are still feeling that we've lost, which is ridiculous. Other people are still at the altar of Q waiting for the military to save them or somebody. We have politics running amok. We have an election system that's completely broken. And the question is, why are we still playing the game? And that's where I keep coming back to. We have predictions of world war. We have predictions of mass starvation. We have predictions of riots. We have predictions of end of world everything. So let's start with just a perspective. I can't control a world war. I can't control national and global food shortages. I can't control if they take away fuel at the pump. I can't control much of anything, in fact, except myself and my household. So that's where I want to begin. Because if we get ourselves settled right in this, where we need to be, which is in our household, all this other stuff is garbage. It's just noise. And while we can wring our hands and worry about what's going to go on in Ukraine or whether the dollar is going to be a collapse or whether we're forced to go on to the new Chinese digital currency system, that's another rumor, or whether Tesla is going to be mandated for every household in the country to drive an electric car, or whether more of our taxpayer dollars are going to be sucked down to pay for more people, more liberals to get some stupid surgery to change their gender, question is why are we still playing 
We have a choice in every single thing we do. And if we stop playing, they don't have any more control over us. And it's always the same thing that comes down to is it's us versus them. But too many of us are afraid to stop. Why are we paying taxes? I'm still waiting for that answer. Why are we still complying? Now, Christ talks about being meek and the strength of those that are meek. And meek is always mis- mistreated because it's a, a word that we look at and people say, oh, you're, and this is what churches do. Our pulpit is lost, by the way, if I haven't said that about 100 times. And what happens is that from the pulpit, meek gets translated to a most absurd concept. Meek translates to the fact that in order to be a proper Christian, we have to be meek, which means to be weak, which means to be passive, it means to be obedient, forgive everything or else. When everyone gives an account for every bit of their of every thought, word, and deed in your life, if you aren't meek, you are going to hell. And guess what? That's a lie. Because what we've forgotten in this Well, I need to add that additional part because after they do that little piece, the church usually reminds you that the offering plate's coming around, drop a 20, and they will also accept Visa, MasterCard, and PayPal. But what is meek? You see, meek is the penultimate definition of a warrior. Meek is humbly patient or quiet in nature as under provocation from others and kind. You see, we can win this with just being solid in our faith by just stepping away and being patient and letting them destroy themselves. There's no reason to get spun up in any of this other garbage that's going on out here because there's a lot of garbage going on out here. Sun Tzu said, be extremely subtle, even to the point of formlessness, but extremely mysterious even to the point of soundlessness. Thereby, you can be the director of the opponent's fate. Patriots, we control this battlefield. We control it powerfully, in fact. And we control it through our purse and through our actions in which we determine that we want to participate in. All of this noise out here, it makes good headlines. It makes interesting reading. It makes for good drama. It makes for good movies. But none of it has any impact on us. At least most of us. Now, if you're getting deployed to Ukraine, I, that might be a little different deal. But we can't control what we can't control. And when we take a look at, say, for example, soldiers that are being expelled from the military for not taking the vax, we look at that from the wrong angle. At least the public does. They see that as, oh, it's what a tragedy. Our defense department is doing this horrific thing. But what we're not recognizing is in an instant, is a great example of this, is that our soldiers are making a choice of something that they can control. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences. But we also know that they're going to be okay. In the end, God's got them. and They're going to walk out of this. And as a public, we will surround around them and make sure they are okay because they're the true heroes. But they made a choice. It wasn't an easy one. 
whether it's a mask, whether it's a mandate. If they do mandates again, the question needs to be put right away. Are you going to comply or are you going to defy? If they do lockdowns, are you going to comply or are you going to defy? If it's going to be one person out of a city, the cops are going to arrest you. If there's a hundred people, they're going to have a harder time. If there's a thousand, there's no way they're doing it. We control the board. We always have. But we don't need to be aggressive. We just need to be meek in the sense of what Christ was seeking or speaking to us about. Bruce Lee said, obey the principles without being bound by them. That's a big statement because we can obey principles of being of the constitution but i'm not going to be bound by the rules and regulations which they're going to impose upon us and by the way let's let us remember what the supreme court overturned this last week is that agencies that are imposing rules and regulations like laws are now out of bounds of what they can do so what we absolutely know as the hunter light biden laptop continues to surface as all these things are bubbling up what we know is that the elites are being exposed more and more and when you run out of fuel and you run out of food there's a problem and they know there's a problem and there's only so many things left in their playbook they're going to try to force some sort of a lockdown they'll try to force some sort of policing action in the in domestic sense of increasing control over people's lives threat 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 more false flags that's the only thing they can lead to policing actions and they need a war so the question is Are we going to play or not? And this goes to soldiers as well. Are you going to play or not? Because there's a certain point when everybody has to throw down and say no. And if we will continue with that, this war ends pretty quickly, in fact. Mahatma Gandhi once said, live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. We need to be anchored in our daily lives right now. We need to be anchored in those things that make a difference in what we're living, what we're doing, how we're living. And we need to be taking in as much knowledge as we possibly can because that's setting the foundation for the next step. This game is over. Bobby Fischer, when he played his, one of his famous chess games, the game of the century, they finished the board before the game ever ended. It was like five or six moves before, before it was over. And that's typical of chess. Why is that? Because the chess masters look at each other and understand that the game is over before the actual piece of the final piece is removed from the board. Patriots, we're there now. We're in the last moves. So here's the question. Are we going to stay anchored now in the present and play their game and get wrapped up and suffer through the pain and agony that they want us to suffer through as they try to burn this entire world down? Or are we just going to disengage and say, game over, go ahead and play out your final moves. It's already done. And us start moving towards that next direction, which is the rebuilding. That's got to be in our mindset. And the sooner we get there, the sooner we accept a couple of very important issues. Our Independence Day was yesterday. It wasn't a celebration. It should not have been a celebration of our nation It should have been a celebration of the rebirth of this republic because the republic died on November 4th, 2020. 
it was over. And the final nail in that coffin went in on January 20th, 2021. And since then, we've been suffering through what is a insurgency running this nation with occupiers and hand puppets who have been running through sound stages pretending like they're president and deluding the people into believing such a thing is true. Why? Because the people are so locked in to believing in the institutions of the past that they won't pay attention to what's really going on around them. Reminds me of a quote from Bruce Lee. A wise man can learn more from a foolish question than a fool can learn from a wise answer. There's a lot of fools out here right now. And we need to be seeking truths constantly. And part of that is as we raise up our skills, we have to be prepared to lead and bring others forward. Another great quote from Bruce Lee, as you think, so shall you become. We can't stay fixed in the fight. This is a transition moment for us. We have to start putting our thoughts forward and preparing for where this country is going to be and remembering that we are the ones that will lead this. Their game is done. They're being exposed day by day. There's a reason that they're panicking over Russian biolabs exposure. There's a reason that they're trying to roll out more vaccines for kids. They don't, they're desperate because this thing is falling apart, and as it falls apart, their accountability is surfacing. Steve Bannon's group that has been going through all of the Pfizer document releases have now issued their first lawsuit against them. It's happening. And the engines are starting to move on the offensive, and it's very big in this offensive. But it all centers on us making a fundamental choice. That doesn't change the fact that we are at war, because we are at war. But the problem is the war that we've been in, we have been feeling like we've been bunkered down as they've been bombing us. This campaign has shifted now. All the covert actions that have been happening, the sabotage runs that have been going on with information warfare, those behind-the-enemy-lines releases that have been dropping things out from within their holdings, exposing their flanks, creating small breaches in their line, all of these constant attacks that have been happening to wake more people up, break more people free from the matrix, each one of those, one small little grenade here, one small little breaching charge there, each one was cracking open the, the space for someone else to escape. But pretty soon, the entire walls that they've created are starting to fracture. And little by little, people are coming out, and little by little, people are awakening, and the awakening is now overflowing, and they can't control it, and they know it, so they're now going to resort back to what every tyrant does. What every tyrant does is they use fear, and they use false flags, and they use war to try to suppress people. Miyamoto Mishashi, who wrote the book of Five Rings, one of my favorite authors and philosophers of war wrote, you win battles by knowing the enemy's timing and using a timing which the enemy does not expect. They expect us to be obedient. They expect us to lock back step with their laws and their regulations 
They're threats. They expect us to do that. And their timing is predictable because it's coming at us just as it does every single time. What are we looking at? Another threat of war, another threat of lockdown, another fake virus, some other false flag like on the 4th that they're going to do. And what doesn't the enemy expect? We're just not going to comply. Not even not comply, we're just not going to participate anymore. We're done. No emotional reaction, it's a steady line. And see, that's the walk that we have to make anyway as followers of Christ. Because we're not trying to deviate into taking one side over the other. That exodus that we're taking takes us away from that. We're walking that line as Christ walked. Think about that walk that he took. Just in your mind, imagine him walking from village to village. He didn't stay and hang around long. His mission was clear. He was there to complete the work of Father. In fact, when they found him that one morning down by the praying quietly, and his disciples came to him, teacher, teacher, where have you been? We've been looking for you. And he says, time to move on to the next village so I can complete what I've come out to do. And as he does that, he leaves the people behind. He doesn't even say goodbye because he's already given them what they need. He's moving on. That's our mission right now is moving forward through this. There's all sorts of screaming and yelling. Imagine yourself walking through a riot. You've got people on one side trying to ravage and burn buildings. You have on the other side the government raising up threats. and That's not the warrior's walk. The warrior's walk is to find that clean line to cut through and to stay true to that. Again, Miyamoto, Miyamoto Mashashi wrote, the primary thing when you take a sword in your hands is your intention to cut the enemy, whatever that means. Whenever you parry, hit, spring, strike, or touch the enemy's cut only, uh, cut, excuse me, enemy's cutting sword, you must cut the enemy at the same movement. It is essential to attain this. If you think only of hitting, springing, striking, or touching the enemy, you will never actually be able to cut him. See, the problem we've been having is how are we going to delicately walk around this thing and we're always worried about jumping into war. But we can't fight a war that has no victory. And that's what they've got us wrapped into because they've woven this thing into us so deep that we keep looking for the physical people to go after, to imagine ourselves in a revolutionary gun battle with this thing that's infiltrated through our entire society. But that's not this type of war, and we all know that. This is a war of our thoughts. This is a war of our creativity. This is a war of our ability to seek truth and present it to others. And we've been waging that war constantly, and we've been extremely successful. We've been using hit-and-run tactics. We've been using sabotage tactics. We've been using breaching tactics, and we've been constant. It's been hitting them on all the flanks and all the sides. But now we're going to have to do some pivots. As we keep up that fight, because we have to keep the pressure on them, we now have to make a significant pivot 
and I and focus on where that lethal strike is going to be, not how we're going to delicately walk around them, but we have to visualize as if it is the sword of how we're going to strike them at a critical point, decapitate their operations. And there's one lethal strike that does that. And it's the decision to just ignore them. It's a powerful blow. And then we'll add one more to that in just a moment. But that first major strike is to ignore them. To literally not comply in the most brutal of ways. Because when we get there, there's nothing they can do to convince us. In fact, it's already said that 17% of the conservatives in this nation, under all circumstances, no matter what, will never comply with them. That's beautiful. Because they know they cannot shake that group. It has them rattled. And so as we move forward, what we have to do is we have to learn from what we've done to be better each day. Again, another quote from Miyamoto, Miyamoto Mashashi. The purpose of today's training is to defeat yesterday's understanding. What we thought we understood yesterday gets redone today because each day we learn from what we did and what was accomplished and we adapt. And that's how we will continue to fight, but we continue to adapt to the things that they're doing. And we're doing a great job. That's just it. We just have to embrace it. We have to realize how strong we are. Look, this is a handful of people, respectively. It's not that many. And as each one of us has taken responsibility to start growing food, to start keeping supplies on hand, you're gaining strength. As we put our faith back in our homes, we're not reliant on somebody else telling us our relationship with Father. We're doing it ourselves. As we've worked with our own children or with others to help get children out of the public schools, they're safe from the threats of vaccines. They're safe from the indoctrinations of the groomers. As we take more responsibility into our lives with right work, we're now have some resiliency built into our economics so that we're not 100% dependent on a corporate paycheck or a government paycheck. As we take responsibility for our health, we don't have to consternate over how are we going to, what's going to happen if we have to go to the hospital. We've taken more control over that. As we've developed more and more knowledge and information, we've gained more skills. As we gain more skills, we're able to adapt more to situations. We start to look at our own lives, taking power and control over this. We look at our lives and our, dom- our domain as a place to protect and preserve. But we don't have to think about expeditionary fights because these people are falling apart. And when we look at stewardship and conservation and we start to look at how we can manage resources better, that's not just for us, that's for future generations. But it's a whole mindset of how to live more simply so others can simply live. Our greatest threat to us is our anger and our hatred. Buddha once wrote, holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. We have to let our anger and our frustrations go. And we have to start looking at the path which Christ was trying to explain to us in the many forms 
which unfortunately gets massively distorted with the word meek. Back to that. Remember, meek, humbly, patient, or quiet in nature, as under provocation from others, kind, meek. It's not weak. In fact, it's the most powerful place a warrior can ever be. Because one of the greatest accomplishments of training in martial arts is that you never use it. That's the intent because you create such a presence and such a confidence in the moment that you don't need to rely on violence to accomplish this. That's the greatness of a master warrior. One of the framings that I use when I talk about Jesus as one of the greatest warriors to ever walk the face of the earth because he understood the key word, meek. You aren't standing out, you're blending. Again, back to Sun Tzu, be extremely subtle even to the point of formlessness. Be extremely mysterious, even to the point of soundlessness. Thereby, you can be the director of the opponent's fate. And that gets to us, brings us to Proverbs 25, 21 to 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. You're disarming the enemy with that compassion and kindness of a powerful warrior, not a weak warrior. And the shift that we make is we ignore their ways, and we start to work within our communities in a physical way, is to step aside from the differences now. We fought that war. And we've accomplished everything we needed to do and everything we could do with that. We have stepped aside. We have to step aside from that now, and we now have to be that next level up. It isn't about going to someone and saying, I want you to forgive me. I want you to learn about Jesus. I don't have to do any of that. That's going to be their path to decide because ultimately they are accountable to God. I will pray for them for sure, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. But I can give them kindness from a true strength position, not a meek or a weak position, but the idea of formlessness. And in so doing, I'm going to disarm them. You see, arrogance and power and greed and the creations of fear drive so many. But you can sit in a room and say nothing and control the room just by presence of confidence of who you are. And that's an anchoring in the rock of faith and knowing who you are. That's an important component. Again, you win battles by knowing the enemy's timing and using a timing which the enemy does not expect. All along here, as we've fought this fight, it's been... It's been an individual fight. It's been a reconnecting with God fight. It's been a survival at times. But now look around at the accomplished of what we've accomplished because it's massive. Can you imagine that four years ago we could have imagined, even visualized, that the entire global system of control is on the verge of implosion? These people, whatever they're doing with CERN and other things, it's a desperate act right now. 
whatever's coming, we can't control, we can't, we can't perceive. But what we do know is that whatever's coming, we have to have our own house in order. I don't care about theirs. In that sense, I will pray for them. But their house is their house to fix. And what I know is when I look out at what's going on, their house is in chaos. Everything they're doing is running into obstacles and problems, and they have to start generating bigger and bigger and bigger lies to try to control the people that are no longer listening. So if we're going to disarm them, if we're going to heap burning coals on their head, we also have to pray for our enemies. We have to pray for them and pray for them to be truthful to the world as they accept Jesus in their heart. I can pray for any of them, even the worst of them. And I can pray that they can seek their salvation through Christ, through the, even the worst of them. But I'll also pray that they're compelled to tell the truth to the world because that sort of testimony destroys their entire system. And we talked about this today earlier in Bended Knee, and I'm going to bring it up here now. Rumor has it that Nancy Pelosi is on her last legs. She's dying. There's no controlling it. Same with her husband. And she's now having to confront the point of salvation. Only Jesus can give her salvation. The Pope's not going to do it. And I'll tell you what, I will pray for her. In fact, we'll include her in the prayer tonight because this is why. One, it's what God would want us to do. But two, I want you to imagine the second and third order effects of this. If someone like Nancy Pelosi made public that she had accepted Jesus in her life and began to seek forgiveness, you're talking about the beginnings of the inner circle collapsing upon itself. See, that's heaping burning coals on his head. We didn't, we aren't going to have to raise the sword of steel. We can just raise the sword of the spirit and do it in such a profound way that it shakes the very core of who these people are. It rocks everything. We understand that. Those that don't have a relationship with Jesus may have a hard time with that. But we understand what that means. Because once that knife is in there, once that cut is made, just like Miyamoto Mushashi has said, the primary thing when you take a sword in your hands is your intention to cut the enemy. The question is where are you going to cut? And what sword are you going to wield? We're wielding the sword of the spirit, and we need to wield it like a warrior. Not this random garbage that goes around out here like, I will pray the sword of the Spirit. Well, I don't even know what that means. When you are using the sword of the Spirit, is it is as deadly or as powerful as any weapon in this world. And it's one that you're wielding with intention. And intention is one of the things now that we have to shape very profoundly. What is the intention that we're trying to accomplish here? Are we just trying to survive and bunker up so I can share my 20 cans of tuna with the rest of the family? Am I looking forward to surviving off of 
rice and beans and maybe an occasional dried bag of fruit for the next 20 years as the world suffers through a nuclear winter? No. That's not my intention. My intention is to see this cabal brought to the ground and brought to justice. My intention is to be part of the grounding crew that resets this republic and leads it back to where it needs to be to put God back on the throne. My intention is not to run and hide. My intention is to do as God leads. And if that does require a raising of the sword of the steel, then what I'm doing there is I'm using it judicially as we're reminded when Peter drew his sword in the garden. But the mightier sword of all of this is the sword of the spirit. And that's the ultimate sword that wins. Nowhere in here does it say that I need to roll over and be a cockroach and be run over by a car. Nowhere in here does it say I need to be somebody's doormat because that will not happen. And there is no way that I'm going to comply with their stupid orders and sort of threats that they're going to make because I'm born sovereign. I'm born free. That's what the Declaration of Independence guarantees me, that only God can take away my rights, and he's not taking them away. So I have a stand to make, and it's a bold one. And I do it fearlessly, but I do it as a powerful, meek warrior. Be humbly patient, be quiet in nature, even under provocation, and be kind. Because in the end, I'm heaping burning coals on their head. And as we do this, We are striking them in a timing which the enemy does not expect because the enemy can't expect this timing because they don't have the relationship with Jesus. Sun Tzu wrote, if fighting is sure to result in victory, then you must fight even though the ruler forbids it. If fighting will not result in victory, then you must not fight even at the ruler's bidding. See, that wisdom is huge because the eagerness has been for too long to wait for that moment when there's suddenly going to be the musket fight again. We don't need another musket fight on this land. There's been enough blood shed on this continent from the Civil War, Revolutionary War, and violence that has ensued. We don't need more blood. We need more healing. And we, need, we don't need more blood shed across the globe And this goes to soldiers as well. We don't need more blood shed across the world. We need accountability and justice for the puppet masters that are creating the wars that bring about the blood. And right now, that enemy, that victory that we talk about, and that's the key part of Sun Tzu's words, if fighting is sure to result in victory, there is no victory in a revolution or civil war when you're fighting people to people. There's no victory there. There is a victory when we bring those accountable to justice. There is a victory when those that have done the evil deeds are exposed to the public and held accountable to the rules of law. There is victory there. But in this mess of a fight that they've tried to start, they've expected us again to fall into the trap of civil war 
so that they could then smile as they pull the strings of puppeteering, feed one side with weapons, feed the other side with weapons, get them to continue to fight each other, dribble a little bit of money on each side as they sit back and laugh and rake in more and more profits and more and more control over the people. That cannot happen. Instead, they must confront the type of warrior that God created, one that steps aside from the stupidity, one that steps aside from the egos and that penchant desire to somehow want to kill another human being. One that sits aside as a meek warrior, humbly patient, quiet in nature, especially under provocation of others, and kind. That didn't say that warrior's not ruthless. But our time here and our time in this fight has been creating the space for winning because we have been steady, we have been quiet, we have been patient, and we've been diligent through our faith and our relationship through Jesus. And we will continue and we will win because there's lines that each of us have that we will not cross and we under any circumstance, we will not cross them. And that's the ferocity of the warrior that now comes to bear when they push too hard. But as truth continues to percolate and as prayers continue to pour out and as our path continues to be clear, which is just to ignore them, and building out our separate economies and our separate, separate abilities to sustain, they have no power. And no weapon forged against us can succeed. This is our time, and this is why we are here. Not to go down in history as the gallant warriors that were led into the fight in silver shining armor, at least not yet. But I think it's going to be more something like this. That band of people that conducted an exodus, that stood together, humbly and patient, worked together in quiet nature, and were not easily provoked. In fact, maintained that posture even when they were provoked. To be kind, to pray, but no one ever touched their space. No one ever touched their land because those that did learned the consequence of the true ferocity of God's children and of the hand of God. Miyamoto Mushashi again. The path that leads to truth is littered with the bodies of the ignorant. We're on the path to truth. And we're continuing to raise that lamp on the hill for others to see. We hold the line now more than ever. But it's not just holding the line because that's almost defensive. We're walking and making the line as we go. Because they've got nothing on us. And victory is ours here and with God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you very humbled tonight, really embracing the gifts that you've given us and the power of our faith. Father, we've been on an interesting journey over these last years. 
we've worked through angers and we've worked through frustrations and pain and hurt. But we're starting to wake up to the true sense of Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Father, that begins with our prayers for our enemies. To pray that they will find salvation through Jesus. To pray that they will find not only salvation, but the compelling nature of truth. That they must confess their sins to the public. That they must be open and bring the hand of truth to their mouth to speak for the world to hear that that in itself will begin a process of unraveling unlike any. And so we pray for that. That not only will their plans be disrupted, but we pray for the fact that they will find that salvation through Jesus that will compel them once again to speak the truths of the things they have done. Let the world hear. And so we pray for this, Father. And we pray for the continued strengthening of our relationship with Christ and to bring that to as many people as possible. To know that as we walk in this way, we walk as that meek and very powerful warrior, anchored on the rock of faith, humbled, patient, and unaffected by the provocations that come at us. You've given us the gifts, unprecedented in fact, the reminders that we must prepare Tend, we must protect our domain, our domestic domain and ourselves. But as an expeditionary force, our greatest weapon, Father, as we've come to understand, is the sword of the Spirit. So, Father, we pray that you'll help us wield that sword with precision and intent. That we now pray as we would pray for even Nancy Pelosi. We pray that she will find Jesus and repent to the world to rock the very foundations of what this cabal has built, secrecy and deception and lies, and instead start bringing them forward to accept you and the repentance through Jesus and the truth to the world. We pray for the strength, Father. We pray for the strength of our prayers. We pray that you hear our pleas. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, warfare, it's an interesting field of study. As we discover, especially if you spend time studying it, the mechanisms of warfare, the tools of warfare, it's only the beginning. No matter how good you are with them, it's just the beginning. The ascension of warfare that we all must be seeking is that greater understanding that in the end, warfare is about us learning to conquer ourselves and our own fears, giving us the strength, the foundation, and the footing through years or time and hours of practice to be able to confront any situation as that meek warrior. You know, if you're in a bar and you see somebody making a lot of noise, they're the least ones you have to worry about. It's usually the guy back in the corner that's minding his own business, having a quiet sip of a beer. That's the one 
to worry about. That's where we all need to be. Because all this other noise we can't control. But what we can control, and we will, is our prayers, our focus, our intent, and the understanding of where we're going. We're winning. We will rebuild this republic. And nothing can stop what's coming. Have a very blessed evening. I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight. Until then or until the next time. God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>